Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. If you are just headed into work or otherwise away from your radio, you do not have to miss out on a full edition of Detroit Today. You can catch up with us on the Detroit Today podcast if you go to iTunes or wherever it is that you download podcasts. You can download and subscribe to Detroit Today. You can take us with you and listen to us whenever you want. We want to start today with Congressman John Conyers, who has announced that he is stepping down as ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee amid accusations of sexual misconduct. Conyers has said he is not going to resign his seat in Congress, and he denies the accusations that have been made against him. He does admit, though, that his office entered into an extraordinary settlement by which a no-show job was given to his accuser, along with a lot of money out of his office. Very different from the process by which accusations against members of Congress are normally handled. They are normally handled by the Office of Compliance. This was handled outside and involved that no-show job and money out of the congressman's office. Meanwhile, Conyers faces a congressional investigation over all of this. What does this mean for the longest currently serving member of Congress? What does this tell us about the culture in Washington, the culture in Congress? We want to hear from you. Should John Conyers resign or should he stand in and defend himself against these allegations? And should he be entitled to keep his seat in Congress while he does it? Should he maybe not have stepped down from the House Judiciary Committee? Was that an extraordinary measure that you don't think he needed to take. A lot of people have been talking about this, of course, all weekend uh, over the holiday while the news of this was churning forward ever, ever slowly, but ever uh, intent on getting to new space and inspiring new questions about what this all means. We want to hear from you this hour. Should John Conyers step down? Should he be forced out if he doesn't resign? And what do you think this means for the legacy of a guy who for 53 years has been such an important fixture in Congress and stretching back even further, such an important cultural figure here in the city of Detroit? When you think of the civil rights movement, when you think of key moments in the city's history when it comes to civil rights, John Conyers is one of those names that comes up over and over and over again at the center of those events. The number on the phones to join the conversation, as always, is 313-577-1019. You can uh, also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there. You can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Again, 313-577-1019 is that number on the phones. And we want to start the conversation today with Rick Pluta, who is the State Capitol Bureau Chief of the Michigan Public Radio Network. He has covered state politics for 30 years, knows the legacy of John Conyers as well as anybody uh, in the media in this state. Rick, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello, Stephen. Hey. Uh, so let's start with, uh, with, with John Conyers and who he is. Let's place him in mm-hmm. context. I think that's a really important step when we talk about these things because there's a lot of folks, I think, who uh, are, are more familiar with the Conyers that we have now, the John Conyers we see struggling sometimes uh, to, to keep focus, struggling to keep pace with the work in the Congress. This was a very different person 
just 20 yeah, years um, ago. Um, 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 House Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi was on Meet the Press yesterday, mm-hmm. and she referred to um, John Conyers as an icon of the civil rights movement and suffered some blowback for it. And, and, and yet the description is, is certainly appropriate, that he's been serving in Congress since um, Lyndon Johnson was president mm-hmm. and was a key figure in the civil rights movement, marched with uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. King in Selma um, did some work trying to um, you know get people released from jail things like that um, he has had um, scandals and there are multiple ones um, aside a, a very distinguished uh, congressional career including being a founding member of the Congressional Black Caucus which was actually uh, uh, one of the critical aspects of John Conyers legacy that uh, Nancy Pelosi and other congressional Democratic leaders have had to uh, navigate. He sponsored the bill to create the Martin Luther King holiday um, and, and, and started pushing for it shortly after Dr. King's death that uh, it really he, he really is a, um, a, a, a figure with huge stature um, in, in the landscape of the civil rights struggle in the United States. Yeah. And uh, that you're, you're, you're right. In, in some respects, that's been uh, overshadowed of late by not just this scandal, but uh, but a series of others as well. Yeah. And and he, here in Michigan, of course, uh, this takes on a local patina uh, as opposed to a national one. And, and I, I think, um, you know, I, I was talking about this last week. I think there is a deep personal um, uh, reaction that people have to news like this about somebody who's been around as long as John Conyers has, who's been part of our local political scene as long as he has. And one of the things that I've noticed is that I I, I sense uh, a sense of betrayal, personal betrayal almost, on the part of people who are angry enough to say he ought to leave. But I also sense that among people who are defending him. There's this deep disappointment, I think, that attends this kind of uh, of scandal. Oh, I, I and and I I think that for a long time there's been a real reluctance to um, you know really grapple with that because people really embrace the idea that you know there's this you know civil rights hero in our midst and that uh, you know we should be lifting up and uh, honoring except. Now these things keep happening, and quite frankly, I think a lot of Democratic leaders uh, kind of wish that uh, John Conyers had uh, taken a victory lap and uh, retired with, um, you know, with with honor, um, you know, a, a term or two ago. Yeah, yeah. And as a matter of fact, I know that to be a fact. You know that to be a fact. Sure. I mean, there are a lot of people who've who've talked about uh, when is it time? What's the mm-hmm. right? What's the right? moment for him to step away and that's you know he's the person who gets to decide that of course but but lots of other people have at least intimated uh, quite strongly that 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 time has passed and 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 i wonder if um that doesn't become part of the argument to john conyers that you know Look, we can, you know, the ethics committee's deliberations are um, mostly behind closed doors. 
Um, we don't know yet, although I assume that uh, they will call the person who filed the complaint and the settlement was reached with, that that person will be called in to uh, testify, which could reveal new details about uh, about what happened, mm -hmm. that if he, if he did do a settlement out of his office budget, that in itself might be a violation of House rules. And, uh, you know, maybe a group of leaders of the Democratic Caucus and the Congressional Black Caucus will come in and say, you know what, um, how about we just, you just quietly uh, retire, um, you know, you've, you've, earned an honorable retirement and, uh, you know, let, let that be your legacy and, uh, not these things that are, uh, that, um, are marring your reputation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Rick Bluda. He's the state capitol bureau chief for the Michigan Public Radio Network. He's covered Michigan politics for 30 years. We are talking about Congressman John Conyers and the trouble he finds himself in after revelations that he tried to settle uh, a suit with a, a sexual harassment accuser uh, with a no-show job and money out of his congressional office. Very different from the process in Congress that's supposed to take place when someone is accused of sexual harassment. Conyers has already said he will step down as the ranking member on the House Judiciary Committee. There are still calls, though, for him to step down from his seat entirely to retire from Congress. What do you think about that? What do you think about this scandal enveloping John Conyers right now. What do you think about the allegations made against him, both in terms of the misconduct that's alleged, as well as the settlement that he admits that his office entered into with the accuser? Should he step down? Should he stay and defend these things? If you want to join the conversation, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. So that's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, Amy on Facebook says, I think it's about time that people, men especially, are held accountable and victims are heard. You can be an advocate for the underprivileged, but that does not excuse behavior. With men like Brock Turner walking free after only three months of jail time after being caught raping a woman, society's views need this change. Do you agree with what Amy's saying there, or do you think people deserve more of the benefit of the doubt when these allegations come out? Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Jay in Westland. Jay, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, uh, Steve. Mm -hmm. um, I think John Connors represent the, the face of the Democratic Party. Old, tired sense of entitlement. I mean, Legacy aside, I mean, he has earned his legacy, but I think he is long overdue as a member of Congress. He doesn't even go out of campaign again because he knows he's going to win. Mm -hmm. So I think it is time for him to go. I just hope his legacy stays intact. But in terms of serving the people at the Democratic Party, I think it's time for him to rest. Yeah. Uh, Jay, I appreciate the call uh, and the comments. I hear that from a lot of people inside the Democratic Party, even saying similar things. Uh, Rick Pluto, talk about this idea of uh, the, the, the balance that, that often has to be struck inside a party 
between the strength of veteran members, right? They, these are the people in leadership positions in Congress and the need to be grooming folks to come behind them. And when that 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 sort of switch should happen it seems to be something that, that both parties get themselves stuck in arguing about from time to time. Well, actually, it is something that um, John Conyers' House Democratic Caucus is grappling with this right now. I mean, remember that another um, veteran member from Michigan, uh, Sander Levin, stepped down from um, his ranking membership on the Ways and Means Committee. Mm-hmm. And he said it was to make way for uh, younger leadership in the uh, in the party. And, uh, you know, certainly, you know, we're seeing that now that Conyers has stepped down as the uh, ranking Democrat on the House Judiciary Committee. I, I seriously doubt he gets that position back, regardless of the outcome of the uh, ethics investigation. That 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 someone's moved in, the torch has been passed, and uh, that's that's just a a reality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, Jay, thanks very much for the call and the comments. Let's go to Chantel in Detroit. Hi. Chantel, Hi. welcome to Detroit today. Hello, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. I want to say, first of all, I love you. I watch you on PBS all the time, (laughs) and I also listen to you on the radio. And I just had a comment in regards to Mr. Conyers. Um, I just feel like he already admitted that he has done these things and already admitted that, you know, he tried to pay the young lady off. So my thought is the next step would be to step down because there's no need to keep trying to fight and say allegations when you have already admitted it. Well, he does deny that he did it. He does say that he didn't do what she accused him of, but he does say that he settled it. And he says he settled it in order to to spare, uh, you know, great expense and, and time. Well, even though he did say that, what I'm saying is, is once you admitted that you have tried to pay her off, irregardless of whatever the allegation is, mm-hmm. then people look at you and think that you have, you well, people know that you have done something mm-hmm. that was against the law, whether it was the sexual allegations or not, but you still can't pay somebody off. You right. know what I'm saying? Sure. No, I, Chantel, that, that for me is the bright line that got crossed here, this this settlement. And not that it was a settlement. It's the nature of the settlement. It's the fact that it didn't take place in the course of the process that's set up in Congress to deal with these things, that Congress's, uh, Conyers' office interrupted that process, uh, came up with this idea of uh, a job, rehiring this person into a job that she wouldn't have to work but would get paid Anyway, um, I think... Uh, Which we should point out is also a violation of congressional it rules. It is a bright line violation of congressional ethics rules. You cannot do that. Uh, it may also, I mean, as somebody who covered the courts for a very long time, um, has written about many cases, I mean, I can't tell you how many times the word no-show job and federal money shows up in indictments. Uh, I mean, that's, that's something you cannot do. And so I, I, I think that's what stands out about what uh, what the congressman is is saying he did uh, and and I think a lot of people believe that means he ought to give up his seat Chantel thanks very much for the call and the comments let's go to Muhammad in Detroit Muhammad welcome to Detroit today well welcome good morning how Hi. are you guys doing today good how are you good um, let me get right to it if you don't mind Stephen uh, Everybody, when they refer, not everybody, but most people, when they refer to John Conyers, Mm -hmm. they do exactly what your guest did this morning. They talk about his civil rights accomplishments, black caucus, yada, yada, yada. 
in uh, the anti-apartheid leadership role he took here in the United States. Sure. Can you please tell me about his legislative accomplishments? What has he done for the city? What leadership role has he taken in the city? What accomplishments on those two fronts should people point to when they say, well, I want him to stay in office? Yeah, I, I, I think that's a fair question, Mohammed. Uh, I appreciate your calling and asking. I think that's, that's part of the discussion. It's part of the dynamic that defines the discussion about Congressman Conyers quite frequently now, which is what is he doing right now that, that's so important to Detroit? I, I would I would say that uh, you know one thing that's been true is that uh, he, he's been in the minority in the house for for a lot lately and that makes it more difficult to have you know significant legislation attached to your name. Uh, I would give him a, a fair amount of credit for uh, for the health care reform. I mean this that was an issue that uh, he along with John Dingle pushed for a very long time. Uh, you know I have deep respect for, I think, the sort of principled stands that Congressman Conyers takes uh, as, as ranking member on the Judiciary Committee um, and as, as the congressman here from, from Michigan. I mean, this is somebody who, uh, who stands for the kinds of civil rights progress I think uh, a lot of progressives would like to identify with. Um, Rick, what would you add to, to the pile of accomplishments lately for John Conyers. As 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 a, a member of the minority party in Congress, um, I would submit that John Conyers has probably been more effective at um, raising questions and putting issues on the table for discussion than he has, as you pointed out, actually having um, bills that have been adopted into law that uh, carry his name. Certainly. Um, the discussion over whether or not uh, reparations would be appropriate and a serious national look at the uh, legacy of slavery in this country would uh, rank um, high on that. Um, you know, let's not forget that was uh, that uh, John Conyers was a significant enough uh, critical voice in the 1970s that uh, he was one of the uh, top members of Richard Nixon's uh, enemies list. Yeah. And, you know, that's yeah. kind of of a big deal. He's he's raised uh, serious questions about wars uh, ranging from uh, Vietnam to uh, Iraq, and he's um, done some pretty deep dives into voting practices in this country and um, the uh, right to vote, particularly by urban and minority voters. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Rick Pluta, State Capitol Bureau Chief of the Michigan Public Radio Network, covered state politics for 30 years. Thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. Always a pleasure, Stephen. Yeah. Up next, we're going to continue our conversation about Congressman John Conyers and what his future ought to look like. Stay with us on Detroit Today and stay with us on the phones. Tom in Northwest Detroit, Jeff in Gross Point, Dave in Detroit. We will get to you. We'll be right back on Detroit Today. WDET, bringing you culture and information that empowers our community. Every day. On 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station. (laughs) 
You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We are talking this hour about Congressman John Conyers and the rather awful trouble he finds himself in as a result of revelations that he settled a, a accusations of sexual harassment against him in a rather extraordinary way, as opposed to going through the Office of Compliance in Congress. He had this matter settled inside his office uh, with money out of his office and with a no-show job for the accuser. Conyers has already announced that he will step down as ranking member of the Judiciary Committee. As a result of this, there is still pressure on him to step down from Congress altogether. What does that mean for Conyers' extraordinary legacy here in Southeast Michigan and nationally. Should he resign? Should he be forced out if he doesn't resign? And what does this all mean about what we will think about John Conyers in the future? If you want to join the conversation all hour, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. And we will work your comments into the conversation. And joining us now to talk more about what is going on in Washington with regard to this issue is Todd Spangler. He is the Washington reporter for the Detroit Free Press. Todd, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, Steve. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, so let's start with where we are in Washington uh, at this moment. Uh, the congressman has said he will step down as ranking member. Uh, I've saw I've seen that some people uh, in Congress were already calling for that, uh, including uh, at least one member of the Congressional Black Caucus. And uh, Nancy Pelosi says it seems appropriate, but she now seems to be saying he has a right to defend himself. Uh, what's the next? likely step here is there going to is the pressure on him going to mount or has he done enough already to get it off his back i think that uh, um clearly there was there was something going on behind the scenes um to get him to step down as as ranking member this is not it's not very likely that that congressman conyers on his own decided that i'm going to step down as ranking member it's it's just a position that he um he has he has treasured. I mean, it's just something he's fought to hold on to. Um, it's that committee is his life, um, it, to a great degree. Um, and I think that leadership, including Speaker, um, former Speaker Pelosi, mm-hmm. had some role in 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 that. I mean, that this was meant to stem the bleeding, uh, 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 stanch the bleeding. I I think that uh, um, when she went on Meet the Press yesterday and said she expected him to do the right thing. And that he, you know, deserved due process, which of course he does, which anyone does. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was part of the, uh, you know, behind the scenes agreement that you step down as ranking member. We can't have you fighting these these accusations and going through an ethics ethics investigation at the same time. At, at the same time, while you're sitting over you know, being the ranking Democrat on a committee that 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 considers. Um, uh, laws and federal statutes and the Department of Justice, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how much talk or focus has there been in Washington on the extraordinary nature of this settlement? As I said in the open, most of the time uh, when a sitting member is accused of sexual harassment, there's a process that, that unfolds. It unfolds through the Office 
of compliance. And yes, there are often settlements that are reached uh, in in that process, and they're secret. Here, that process was interrupted, and I, I know that there aren't all of the details out on the table yet about how that happened or why. But I'm wondering how much people are talking about how unusual that seems. Well, a lot of people outside of Washington are talking about how unusual that is. I don't, and, and as is usually the case, when that, once that chatter starts outside the Beltway, then people in the Beltway sit up and say, oh, is, you know, is, there, is there a problem here? And start talking about it as if, as if some, something has been done that, 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 that's truly wrong. The fact is that, you know, Congressman Conyers' office previously had settled um, a, 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 an action taken against a former employee. It wasn't a sexual harassment case. Right. It, was, it involved his former chief of staff who mm-hmm. left um, under a cloud because uh, she had been convicted of receiving stolen property, um, completely unrelated to, the, to her actions as, as being chief of staff. And when she left, Conyers' office gave her a kind of you know, severance um, out of office funds. Mm-hmm. And you know, the Ethics Committee has been looking into that, whether he should, have, he should have done that. So, I mean, I think there's at least some kind of idea that Conyers had a practice of, 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 of getting these, these matters out of his hair you know, through, through, through office money. And his lawyers, and he's got smart ones working for him, sure. say that, you know, there's great flexibility in how members of Congress spend their office funds and that this was allowable. They'll make the same argument, I'm positive, regarding uh, the sexual harassment um, settlement. It should be said that in the settlement documents that we've seen, they expressly deny any of the claims made they do. That, that he sexually harassed anybody. So, I mean, at no point was this a document that said, hey, yes, we agree, we did, he did something wrong, we're going to pay you off. It was absolutely not, we didn't do anything, we're going to give you this money as a kind of, you're a long-time employee, we're going to give you this money as sort of a, a severance um, package, and yeah, that's that. Yeah. And, and the idea, though, of paying this person by rehiring her and telling her expressly that she should not work right. during the time that she was rehired, that is in bright line contradiction to the ethics rules that I've seen in, in, yep. in, in Congress. And I, I imagine that that will be a large focus of the investigation. Indeed. I mean, with, with, without, without question, they're going to have to settle this, this, this question of can you pay someone for time that they have not worked? There's congressional rules that, that, that state clearly you can't do that, despite the fact that Conyers and Conyers' lawyers argue, well, we should be able to spend our money on, you know, like I said, giving a kind of severance. But when someone has accused you of sexual harassment and that person is under a confidentiality agreement and you pay them $27,000 plus out of office funds, you know, there's going to be a lot of questions asked about, you know, why are you paying this person if you truly didn't do it? Right. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. So it's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, uh, and we will work you into the conversation. Also, stay tuned. A little later in the show, we are going to have Congresswoman Debbie Dingell here to talk about this. Not only is she 
also a member of Congress, but also very close to John Conyers. He used to work for her husband, John Dingell, uh, who also served in the Congress for many decades. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 to join the conversation. We've got a lot of folks who want to chime in on this. No surprise there. David in West Bloomfield, you're next on Detroit Today. You there, David? I am. Uh-huh. Go Good ahead. morning. Uh-huh. Um, the, the only comment I wanted to make, I don't know about the procedure uh, that congressmen use, but everybody talks about having given $21,000 as being some, some evidence that he must have done something. I've been practicing employment law both on the management and on the employee side for more than 30 years, and $21,000 is more like a nuisance amount, right. certainly less <laughs> right. than costs of defense. Uh-huh. Especially for the, I assume that Congressman Conyers would have gotten some pretty expensive lawyers. It would take almost no time to run through $21,000. And I've settled cases on, on behalf of employers just on the notion that, listen, you're going to pay me four times more than we can pay them to make this go away right now. It's a business decision. Do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, David, I, I I think that is also one of the more peculiar aspects of this, the, the the amount of money that this accuser accepted to allow this all to go away. Like you say, it's not it's not a lot of money in, in the world of uh, legal settlements. And so the question is, why was it so little? Why, why was this person satisfied with that amount? And I guess that's one of the things we don't know the answer to. Uh, I guess I never sort of assumed that the settlement itself was an admission of guilt. I mean, people settle lawsuits all the time and don't admit guilt. I think the more damaging evidence that exists is, is these affidavits from other folks in the office. Uh, Todd Spengler, can you talk about <clears throat> uh, talk about what that what that part of this is that these sworn statements from other staffers? Well, when when uh, when BuzzFeed, the, the the website BuzzFeed, last Monday first broke this. What they had received um, from a from a source was the complaint of this of this woman um, who ended up settling for more than twenty seven thousand dollars, wasn't twenty one thousand, and and four affidavits in support of that, and one of them was from the woman herself, and then three others who were who were workers in his office, former workers in his office, who said that they had also um, uh, experienced or seen. Um, you know, uh, actions such as the ones that she had complained about, which was sexual advances, sexually inappropriate language, um, being asked to babysit or do other things for 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 Congressman Conyers that seemed outside that didn't seem that were outside of their responsibilities as members of a, of a congressional staff, um, uh, you know, touching and, and inappropriate things like that. Um, so yeah, I, but but as you say that that the settlement itself was not ever any kind of admission. Um, but in this atmosphere that we're in now, you know, the questions being raised and, and not just being raised by these four women, we have, you know, another lawsuit that was filed earlier this year by a, by a separate person who, and, and this may come back in, into this question of, 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 of settling. Um, she, she filed a lawsuit alleging sexual harassment in a hostile workplace and mm-hmm. ended up yanking it almost immediately when the court wouldn't seal it because she didn't want to ruin 
Congressman Conyers' reputation as a civil rights leader and and as a legend, really. I mean, she and I think a lot of people still hold him in such esteem that, at least for in that case, there was an indication that she, you know she didn't, even though she felt like she had been wrong, she didn't want to push it so far that she would hurt him publicly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phone. It's David in West Bloomfield. Thanks very much for that call. And the comments, Tom in Northwest Detroit, you're up next on Detroit Today. Yeah, good morning to both of you. You know, first up, uh, first and foremost, the congressman will always have his legacy. And I mean, yeah, this will probably be a a little stain on it. But, you know, everybody should be able to face their, you know, the person who's accusing them of doing whatever it is. And, you know, what the adage says, that he who is without sin cast the first stone. How many of those people down there in Washington are going to sit there in judgment of Conyers and uh, Franken, and, you know, it's just a matter of time before all everybody else, you know, other women start coming out of the woodwork sure. on, on some of those folks down in Washington. So, so, so Tom, let me ask you, though, mm-hmm. I, I guess I don't see this as a question of accountability among members of Congress, but accountability to the people who elected them. And, and on that count, given what Congressman Conyers has stipulated to here that the, the idea that this settlement was reached with this accuser that included this no-show job does that not does for you does that not break the the the, the bond of, of trust that you're supposed to have with the people who represent you? You know what I mean it it doesn't help to I gotta say it uh, not break the bond um, because I mean I look at it this way. If you're going to do a job, do it right. You know, people talk about politics as a, you know, it's, it's, it's a dirty profession or politics is dirty. No, politics is basically black and white. It's those people who get in there that, you know, move between that black and white and they make it gray to the point where, you know, there's some finagling and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, uh, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't do well for something like this to have happened. And, I mean, okay, no, I didn't do it, but, you know, I'm going to pay this person off just to kind of, like, keep them quiet. Uh, You know what, if if somebody accused me of doing something and I know good and well that I didn't do it, as the line in the song says, now I shouted from the highest hill, I'm going to find the highest hill in the world and shout my innocence. And my accuser is going to have to, you know, face me in a court of law. Yeah, Tom. Thanks very much for the call and and the comments. I think that that, that reflects some of the complexity here that uh, that folks have to sort through to determine what they think about what Congressman Conyers ought to do. Uh, uh, the caller Fred could not stay on the line, but he wants to know if Conyers is still on the Judiciary Committee, even if he stepped down from his leadership position. Uh, Todd Spengler, talk about uh, what that means the resignation that he turned in over the weekend. Uh, yeah, he he's, he's, he still remains a member of the of the judiciary committee. He's mm-hmm. just stepped down as as the as the ranking democrat. There's each committee has a um each committee actually frankly on both sides of, of both chambers the Senate and the House have, you know, a chairman and with Republicans in the majority have a Republican chairman and, and of all committees and then a ranking democrat, the top ranking democrat who essentially is the minority voice who gets you know, first crack at um, uh, at raising questions and things. That's what that's what Conyers stepped down from. He still remembers remains a member of the committee, however, and you know, 
he has, and I'm not at all surprised by this, said that he intends to regain that spot um, once this is over. I will say that that might be more difficult than he thinks that um, there had been, you know, pretty widespread rumors here in the past, uh, and even some reporting that we've done on that, that um, some Democrats were trying to maybe move him aside. He'd been he'd been in that role since 1995, um, and others maybe wanting to move up into that into that place. Yeah. Um, they are competitive seats uh, within the caucus. Uh, right. The Democrats, as a caucus, decide who's who's in those. And um, you know he may, but then again, he if 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 Congressman Conyers has the support of the Congressional Black Caucus, which is is extraordinarily important mm-hmm. to uh, to uh, Democratic leader Pelosi, um, he could get back in there. I mean, that's that's really sort of the, the the wild card here is how does the Black Caucus support him or not in terms of what happens next to Congressman Congress. Right, right. You know, it, it's worth also exploring what the possible consequences could be from Congress toward John Conyers if, for instance, they determine that this job situation with this accuser was a violation of, of uh, congressional ethics rules. Uh, what, would that, what would that look like? What's the range of possibility there? Well, the, the, the range actually goes from... Zero. I mean, from from nothing. Like we never hear of it again. I mean, the ethics committee has complete within their within their within their within their realm to just make this disappear if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. They won't. I mean, they'll eventually they'll because they've made a stink. They've they've made it public that they were going to investigate it. They'll say something when it's over. I'm 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 confident of that. And. You know, the lowest thing would be like a, a letter of rebuke. I mean, letter of approval is what they call it. They, I mean, saying, oh, you shouldn't have done this, and, and, and don't do it again, and we're going to have some training in your office or something, and, and, and that would be it. Or they can recommend higher levels of accountability um, for, for the full House to, to vote on. And those can range from, you know, from, uh, you know, from, 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 from also a rebuke to censure, which is, is more serious, to expulsion. Um, it would be shocking if I mean there's only been five expulsions in the history of the U.S. House. Mm-hmm. I mean uh, th- that's that's extraordinarily unlikely in this in this case. Um, I think um, uh, Jim Traficant was the last member to be you know expelled, and he had been you know convicted of a federal crime. Um, you know, does does this lead to a censure? I mean, the last person to be censured was Charlie Rangel. I mean, mm-hmm. he who who had been. Um, found guilty of 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 some you know of of profitive tax you know buying things and 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 misspending money in such a way and at such a level that sort of extends past what Conyers is is, is accused of here. Um, so those those are the ranges of of something that could happen. But yeah. um, you know we're going to have to see how how far that goes. But you know Congress in the past has. You know, not really gone the expulsion route very, very often, and I yeah. can't imagine that happening here. Even censure, and even though that doesn't sound like it's a big deal, it's, a, it's I mean, it's a big deal for these guys. I mean, that that they are publicly humiliated on the House floor, which is what that really ends up being. Um, but does that happen in this case? I think even that's kind of a long shot. Um, I think really the push is going to be: does something happen to? to try to push Conyers out if he's seen as some sort of embarrassment to the party. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, again, uh, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We are talking about Congressman John Conyers and the trouble he finds himself in in the Congress, given the accusations that have been made against him, but also given the way in which he has dealt with those accusations in an extraordinary different way uh, of settling a case uh, of sexual harassment against the congressman. What do you think? Should he stay or should he go? Is he Has he done enough by stepping down as ranking member of the Judiciary Committee? 313-577-1019, again, is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. Uh, we're going to take another quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to talk with Congresswoman Debbie Dingell, who has known John Conyers for many, many years uh, and is also a, a fellow member of Congress. Of course, uh, we're going to talk with her about all of this, and we want to continue to hear from you on the phone. Stay with us on Detroit Today. Todd Spangler, uh, Washington reporter for the Detroit Free Press, thanks very much for being here. Thanks. All right. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Congresswoman Debbie Dingell recently made news with her own story of sexual harassment and assault. She said she was the victim uh, of an incident with a prominent name and legacy, but she stopped short of naming names. That's due in part because Dingell says she's afraid, afraid as any woman is or would be, of the repercussions of discussing her assault. The congresswoman also has little sympathy for men accused of harassment and assault in her own workplace, including longtime Congressman John Conyers. Congresswoman Debbie Dingell, Democrat from Dearborn, joins us now. Debbie, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. It is not good to be having this discussion in yeah. some ways, but good to be having it in others. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I want to start with Congressman Conyers someone you've known for an awfully long time, someone you work with uh, in the Congress, and get your reaction to what has been said about him, the revelations that have come out, but also how he's handled this and how you think he ought to be handling it. You know, I, I think we're in very important times. I think we are having a discussion that is long overdue in this country. Uh, I, myself, as I've said, I wasn't planning on being part of this Me Too moment. And quite frankly, a lot of women, a woman said to me a couple of weeks ago, it's like post-traumatic stress. It is bringing back a lot of memories. Uh, the the f first time it happened to me in a very, very bad way was my first year at GM when I knew nobody and there was nobody to help me and it was particularly bad. So I uh, take very seriously any woman saying that these things have happened because I know what it's like to have somebody in power uh, try to hurt you or manipulate you or to threaten you. Mm -hmm. So I take that seriously. I also think we have to be very careful in this country that you are innocent until proven guilty. Sure. But the multiple charges are obviously deeply disturbing despicable, and I think he did absolutely the right thing in stepping aside yesterday because it would be very difficult to be an effective ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee 
I think this needed to go to the House Ethics Committee. I think the House, we need to change our rules. House Ethics Committee cannot bury any of these investigations. And we need to move very quickly and find the facts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go quickly to Delphine in South Lyon, who I think has uh, an interesting point to, to inject into this conversation. Delphine, welcome to Detroit today. Hi. Hi. I have known John Conyers for over 30 years. There is nobody else in the entire Congress who has the experience that man has. Um, he, if it weren't for him, he's the one that brought Rosa Parks to Detroit. Had she remained in the South, she would have been killed. I, no one knows all the wonderful things this man has done. I was asked to introduce him at a banquet. I did a lot of research on him. And this whole situation, they want to get rid of him. And because of all the good things he's done yeah. and how quickly they indicted Clinton and to get rid of him. Yeah, uh, Delphine, I, I really appreciate the call uh, and the comments. I think that's a, a sentiment I'm hearing a lot. Uh, Debbie Dingell, talk to the political context of these accusations. This is just about getting rid of one of the most progressive members of the Congress. I think that this is happening at a time that there is zero tolerance for uh, anyone. Uh, Al Franken is certainly under the same kind of charges. I'm not into the, you know, I call them the gotcha moments when people are like, should Bill Clinton have resigned? And unfortunately, this kind of behavior has gone forever. You know, if you heard Gail King on uh, CBS last Friday, she was still in the state of shock. Mm -hmm trying to wipe, wrap her head around the things that Charlie Rose had done and admitted to, and at the same time, all the good things he has done. And I think we're at a watershed moment, and there are many men who have done good things. They have made difference in their community. And I don't, John Conyers is innocent until proven guilty, but they must be investigated. They cannot be ignored. But having said this, there are too many men who have done good things, but have also sexually assaulted women in various and different ways. And if we really, really want to make this the watershed moment for every woman, and I'm talking about the waitress and the factory floor worker and a doctor or nurse in a hospital, then we've got to say, are, are, are we going to be, you cannot do this, or are we going to say, we'll, we'll do a wink and a nod because they're doing other good things? Mm. I can't. I just want to protect women now. I've seen it too much in my career, and I want the young women in life to never have to experience what women of my generation have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I wonder if you can talk more about this settlement that's involved in this case uh, with John Conyers, settling it out of office funds, settling it by rehiring somebody who had been fired and telling that person not to work. As a member of Congress, uh, talk about how that how that fits into the rules and the process that's supposed to well, attend these things. Every member uh, is given a budget and an allotment, and they are uh, they run their own office. But we are not allowed to have ghost employees. Uh, I don't know the circumstances. I'm not going to comment on that. But I do believe very strongly that one of the things that we must act on this month before we leave for Christmas is to change the rules so that, one, nobody is using taxpayer money 
to settle these kinds of claims. Mm -hmm. And I don't now, there are victims that do need to be protected. Some, and I, I don't want to use the word victim, I want to use the word survivor, that don't want to have their names made public because there are consequences. And I understand those consequences better than most. And I think people don't understand that for, you know, you'll name a name and everybody defends that person and the person who talks honestly about what happened to them becomes the troublemaker. They're labeled for life. They have, there was a Washington Post and a New York Times, two different stories talking about what happened to other women who named their name. But I do believe there should not be secret deals in Congress and taxpayer money should not be used. Yeah. Uh, and what about the, the process that normally attends these settlements, even that through the Office of, of Compliance, is pretty murky, and we don't get to see on the back end what was agreed to or why. Most of us in the Congress did not even know. Uh, when Jackie uh, Spear testified at the House Administration's Committee, she testified that there had been $15 million or $17 million spent over the course of of a decade on not only sexual harassment, but other settlements that have been reached with employees. Most of us did not know that had even existed, nor uh, what the settlements are, who they were made to, the confidentiality clauses, etc. Clearly, this is shining a light on that. We should not have those anymore. We in the Congress need to look at that and do something very quickly about them. Yeah. Uh, do you do you think that there is a quick way to for the Congress to sort of regain, I guess, credibility with with uh, with taxpayers about this, I mean, it, it seems like these allegations now against two members seem to to, to shake that confidence that that this is being handled properly. What what's something that Congress could do? So I want to make a couple of different comments, um, and the first is, you know, I'm, so I think it's great that women have had the courage to come forward from Hollywood and from the media and from Congress, but. These stories are not isolated. Right. I, I, since I said something that Friday, having Allison pushed me hard and I don't lie well, I can't. I've had a hundred women come up to me and tell me their stories. A twenty-one-year-old saying, "I'm the waitress you spoke up for." Uh, a twenty-two-year-old telling me that her boss closed the door and told her to get up on the table and dance. Uh, uh, you know, another. I, wow. I, I've heard. So I, I think we've got to what. I, I want to go forward. I'm, I'm, what I want to figure out is how do we make this that moment? The dam is broken. But I remember Anita Hill, and I remember what happened to Anita Hill and four other women who came forward and spoke. Right. And the women were the ones that got blamed. We're really having a national conversation now. We need to change the culture, and we need to do it with men and women talking together about what is offensive, what is okay, you know, there are various men may not realize they're offending a woman in some ways. Sexual assault is never okay. Violence is never okay. It must be unacceptable. And we have to do something. And by the way, corporations yeah. should be able to have high-level executives also do these confidential yeah. Yeah. settlements and then uh, take tax deductions yeah. for them. Debbie Dingle, Debbie Dingle, Democrat from Dearborn, as always. It's great to have you here. We are out of time, but thank you very much for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you right. for the conversation. Uh, this is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. I will see you tomorrow.